Hey guys, welcome to the Next Level Agents Podcast. I am your host, Kevin Kaufman, and along with my business partner and co-host, Fred Weaver, we bring to you our podcast all about getting to the next level. Sometimes we talk to real estate agents, sometimes brokers, sometimes people just in and around our space, and sometimes just entrepreneurs in general. But our point here is to talk to the brightest and the best and to pull gold nuggets out of them and bring them to you so that way you can take little actionable pieces of advice, sometimes big actionable pieces of advice and make your business even better and help you get to the next level. Do me a favor, if you haven't already, go over to ratethispodcast.com, ratethispodcast.com forward slash NLA, stands for Next Level Agents, and please leave us a five-star review if you have not already. All right, without further ado, welcome to today's episode. All right, guys, we're back on the Next Level Agent podcast, and today I am joined by uh, Derek Jar. Derek is the founder and CEO of Stay Frank, which we're going to spend some time talking about today, as well as kind of his journey in the real estate world. Derek, how's it going, man? Great, great. It's good. It's good. Excited. Frantic Friday, I feel like. Always trying to get some more stuff in before the uh, holiday weekend here. That's, you know, it's funny. I keep forgetting that this is a holiday weekend. Like my, my kids just got out of school as of the time of this recording anyways. And so, um, I I'm like focused on that, but I keep forgetting, oh yeah, there's a, there's a holiday coming up, uh, at the end of the weekend. So always everyone's trying to rush it. In fact, I've got to sign closing documents later today on something that we're trying to close on, uh, hopefully today or, um, or, uh, or Tuesday anyways, but before the end of the month, but anyways, I digress. Uh, so first of all, I want to talk about stay Frank and kind of what that is. Cause, um, you're always a guy that's kind of up on real estate, like trends. I mean, you and I ran into each other, what at a basketball game in maybe December when we were kind of talking about the market and kind of some of the stuff you see coming this year and next and some of the opportunities. And you've always been a guy who's been sort of out in front uh, of trends and ways to create uh, solutions for homeowners and, and investors. And so I'm always interested in kind of hearing from, from, from you. And so first of all, why don't we start with stay Frank, kind of what the, what that company is. Uh, and then I'll probably sort of go backwards from there. <laughs> sounds good. Uh, sounds about right. Backwards is uh, very fitting for me at times. You know, it's it's funny. I, I appreciate I appreciate the the kind words on that. I think there's some people that do it faster. There's some people that do it better, and then then there's people that do it different. And uh, whatever the reason is, that's how uh, God made me. I guess I'm the different guy. Uh, it's hard for me to do, fit in a box, uh, and I always like to do things different. So I'm always looking like, well, everyone's over here. I wonder what's right over there. Uh, that, that that sounds like that's the place for me. So, um, yeah, so I, I think when I got in real estate in the early 2000s um, and I got my license and I was curious about investing and, you know, I saw some of those uh, ways to make money late night on TV at that time uh, and some stuff on the Internet. Um, I started knocking on doors and I started mailing some people, some letters uh, of people that were in financial distress, uh, a lot of pre-foreclosures. And everyone I, I started talking to, all homeowners, like, you know, there, this, this one guy said, Derek, like, everyone wants to buy my house. All you guys want to buy my house, kick me out, close tomorrow, all that stuff. And I don't want to move. And uh, this guy said, hey, I, I'll, make, I'll tell you what, I'll sell you my house, but you got to rent it back to me. At the time, I was like, I was in my early 20s and early in my real estate career and had no idea, like, if that was a good idea or a bad idea. I was just trying to do a deal. And uh, so I said, all right, sounds good. Um, and that was kind of the, uh, 
that was the 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 launch of my sale leaseback career and and that's what stay frank does we um we buy houses uh from homeowners who are trying to access the equity in their house uh they're locked out of traditional ways of doing that for whatever the reason might be typically it's credit maybe a job loss whatever it might be uh now it's probably interest rates while they're not able to access that equity and moving just is not ideal for them. It's just it's just painful sometimes in general. But really, these people they they're rooted in their house. They have kids at school. They they like their neighbors, wherever it might be. And uh, so they're in a situation where leasing back that house could be a good option for them. So that's what we're working on right now. So you guys are so you're 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 buying the home, but you're let you're letting the people stay there uh, through mm-hmm. through a lease back. Is it um, are your primary ways of doing that? Is that through like agent relationships? Are you going direct to consumer? Like, how do you, how do you come across those deals? And I'm sure it's probably a lot of different ways, but what's the kind of, what's the the most common method for you guys to come across a deal, whether, whether or not it actually gets done, but to at least have the at bat. Yeah. Well, I, I think, you know, as, as we're kind of in a, in a weird market or a different yeah. market, I like to say that, you know, things aren't good or bad. They're just different. Um, and, uh, so that's like, what do we do about them? Um, so I, I started marketing, like I said, to people that, that, uh, we identified had some sort of financial distress. Um, and I, and I think currently now with stay Frank, that, that is, is true today. So, uh, we are working with agents for sure that, um, ha- are trying to help out their homeowners solve their, their need. Um, a lot of times, I think, especially in today's market, you got people that are selling out of more out of need, you know, they're, they're not really, buying because they think the market's going to go up a whole lot more, at least not right now. Uh, they're not buying because money's cheap, obviously. So, or sorry, selling, excuse me. Um, so I think you got people right now that are selling based out of need. And in my experience, um, when people have need, financial uh, challenges or financial needs, they tend to kind of not always go to their sphere or people who they know. They tend to kind of look elsewhere for help. So I think there's an incredible opportunity right now to to market to people um, who might prefer to talk to someone that's not their friend or not someone they know, just from a, a safe face type standpoint. So um, we're we're uh, collecting different data sets um, and doing uh, direct to consumer to go find them an option and, and talk to them about a solution that they might not know exists. Um, so we got emails, we got text messages, we got calls. Uh, we're doing some um, online marketing for people that are searching for different solutions, uh, debt settlement loans, reverse mortgages, cash out refinances, uh, whatever it might be. I love that. Um, number one, I, I think you're right on. Like, I think a lot of times when, I mean, I came up in the shorts of like, I got licensed in the middle of those. I just renewed. Right. So 16 yeah. years ago, uh, you were obviously did a ton in the short sale days too. And the thing is, is like, there's, especially when there's like actual hardship. I know a lot of the people we helped really didn't have a hardship. It was like their hardship was their house was worth less than they owed, but there was a lot of people in a tough spot financially, especially the early, the early part of the short sale, uh, run up. And a lot of times people are just like, like, they just don't like they're, there's a little bit of an embarrassment, right? Right. And so yeah. you've got to, I love the way you're like kind of putting your, your sort of, I'll call it marketing mind or your efforts into, Hey, where do these people go? Because you're right. They don't typically call their friend or the person they would normally confide in. Cause there's probably like a little bit of shame uh, for some people for whatever reason, cause they feel like 
it's their fault uh, or something like that. And so putting yourself, I think it's a really valuable lesson, no matter what your business model is, is to just kind of put your, put yourself in the shoes of your potential customer. Like what are they doing? And the fact that you, you know, you realize that I think speaks to your, to not only your experience, but your insight as to who your customer really is. I think that most agents uh, and, and the majority of the listeners, here are agents sort of don't think like that. Like we're taught this one way of kind of branding it. And it's typically, if I'm being honest, it's all about us as, uh, as real estate agents. Right. And I think if yeah. anything, I want to say, take the lesson of, it's not really about us at all. And I think what Derek said is super important is to, to think about where does this person think to go, your ideal customer, your ideal client. Um, and you know, that's really important. I, I wonder why, uh, wonder why this isn't top more to be, to be honest with you. Well, uh, yeah, I, I think it's, I think it's uh, in this day and age, you know, if you don't have a coach and a therapist and a, uh, a, 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 a dog, what do they call a dog, uh, emotional support dog, you know, you're not cool anyway, you know, which by the way, I think it's awesome, right? Because, you know, we all, we all kind of live in this world of what we think we're supposed to be or what we should be or, or whatever it might be. And, I think there's just so much more realness that's happening. Uh, you know, we all deal with stuff all the time. And so when, when, uh, and as an entrepreneur myself, uh, you know, it, it's never really cash flow that's been an issue. It's that, it's that cash stick, you know, that cash flow comes in and it goes out, it comes in and it goes out. So it's like getting that stuff to stick around sometimes it can be kind of <laughs> tricky, you know? So, so for me, um, I actually found myself as an entrepreneur one time where I was, well, a couple of times where I've been very, uh, I've been cash uh, rich or sorry, I've been uh, house rich and cash poor. I guess I've been cash rich at times too, but you know, house rich and cash poor. And uh, for me, I wish, wish this product would have been around um, from a standpoint of, you know, moving was not really ideal. You know, my wife wasn't like super stoked about it, but we had a ton of equity. We had a ton of cash in the walls of the house. That was very important for us to access. Um, and, and so just, you know, being able to talk to people in a more consultative way, especially as real estate professionals today, it's like, I think, I feel like we want to present like, well, this is what I can do. And here's why I'm great. And look at all these closings I've done where it's like, you know, more like, Hey, Kevin, man, what's going on, dude? Like, how you doing? Like, how's life? Like, what are you trying to accomplish and, and approaching it in a very consultative way where maybe it's not a deal today and, it, and it's going to be a deal tomorrow. Um, but most people aren't talking to, in my experience, most people aren't talking to people this way in a more holistic consultative way. Um, they're just trying to tell them what they can do or what they've done or why they should go with them. And I think when we get to that point of, of getting knee to knee, if you will, and looking someone in the eye and, and just listening for a moment, um, then we can truly see how can we help this person out. And, and, and if we can help this person out, move to a better place. Um, and that's kind of our approach and how we do sales um, in, with, with Stay Frank is, is more consultative approach, I guess. Yeah, I think that's super valuable uh, insight. You know, now more than ever, you look at, you know, you get a lot of people, uh, you know, for some, there's a good portion of the country, like a really large portion of the country has got like a really amazing interest rate, right? And, and yeah, some, but they might not have any equity. And the reality is, is like the interest rate in itself is an asset, like just the, yeah. the interest rate on a, on a home. And I think when we start to take the approach, the reason I bring that up is because when you take the approach that you just referenced, um, we, we can be more creative if we take yeah. the time to be actually consultative and instead of just sort of jamming down the, you know, the perspective 
I'll call it client's throat of here's the way selling your home works, right? And instead of doing that, just going, hey, what what are the options out there? And, you know, do you need the money? Like, you know, I'm seeing more and more seller finance deals that are happening just in literally even on the MLS. It's, you know, it's 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 a prime time for that right now. You mentioned how the market's weird. I, I think there's a lot of opportunity um, that to put deals together if we take that consultative approach and are a little more open, sort of the way you mentioned, whether it's something like, I love, you know, the fact you guys are offering like a sale and a lease back, maybe it's a seller financing deal, a subject to deal. Like there's a lot of different um, opportunities out there. I think if we're just, eyes are just open enough. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, it, like, this is the time, right. To get back to that different uh, standpoint. I mean, I think this is a time where we learn and we grow, we expand our minds to do things differently. You know, when things, when things are easy and the money's flowing, we tend to get dumb, I feel like, you know, oh, yeah. and, and, uh, and, and, and lazy. And so now it's like, all right, uh, different game, different set of rules right now. Like, all right, we got to, you know, strap in here and get ready to go and figure out what, what opportunities are available. And I think, I think, at least my experience and back to short sale days, I was a little edgy uh, probably and in, in some of the lunch and learns that we did and, and different things, trying to show agents how to work with investors at that time and, and, and do something that was uh, not, not middle of fairway. It was a little bit off and go, but that doesn't mean it's wrong. Now there's good actors and bad actors and everything in life. Uh, so obviously it all comes down to your intentions. Um, but I think right now the creative financing is subject to, uh, they're and they're incredible tools. By the way, they're not new. They've been around for a very, very long time. Forever. And it, 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 yeah, it's time tested. But you know, you got people that are scared of the boogeyman. Like, oh, they're due on sale clause. Well, listen, there, there's always stuff to look out for. You know, but yeah, at the end of the day, it's like, well, how can we make this work? You know, like, don't tell me what we can't. Like, well, let, let, why not? And wh why can't we make it work? So, um, yeah, I love to hear that that you guys are working on that stuff because. I think that's what it's going to take in, in markets like this to to survive and and, and thrive. So yeah, I'll I'll tell that. you, you know that how can it work? Even that that was even my approach on short sales. Like, um, especially when I was trying to train other agents how to do it, is forget about the you're going to hear a hundred reasons, from, especially from like a bank employee as to why this short sale can't get approved. You just you just need the one reason why it should be approved, right? Why yeah, is the, what's yeah. the one reason why this is a good thing for the bank? Uh, and so I think if we take that similar approach with our, with the, with our clients, the people we're help, we're helping to try to buy and sell real estate and go, okay, what is the way we could forget about the 99 ways we can't do this? Like, what's the one way we could do it? Or what are some of the possibilities? And I think we've got to take a, a possible mindset. And to your point, things have been pretty easy. You know, I think we all got, we all looked a lot smarter than, than we are for the last few years. Yeah. And now it's a little, a little more challenging. Um, and the reality is, is that, but I think it creates a huge opportunity both uh, to build a business and to maybe to build a portfolio, but also to bring a lot of options and, and help some people out. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's, it's going to be fun times ahead uh, for a while. And I, and I think, I think too, the sooner is like, the sooner we realize that, that things have changed, you know, the, 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 the rules have changed a little bit and we don't hold on to like, well, you know, as soon as interest rates go back down to four and a half percent, you know, then, then we'll all be okay again. Like that, that thinking is just, that's you know disaster waiting to happen. I mean, cause at the end of the day, none of us know anyway. Right. You know, so yeah. it's like, well, let's, let's just act and take action on what we know today and what we can see today. 
And then if something else happens, then, you know, we'll maybe we'll do something else. But um, yeah. So I, I'm curious, actually. So you, you mentioned uh, you're seeing uh, some some seller financing and stuff and being talked about in, in, in retail uh, real estate, I guess, if you will. Right. Um, yep. You've seen some of that stuff start to happen. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. That's in fact, awesome. I'm I'm actually closing closing. That's the deal I, I referenced earlier. I got to sign for later on. It happens to be a, a seller finance deal that just it came in looking like a regular retail deal. Um, and we shopped it, you know, and said, Hey, and the numbers just weren't quite where the seller wanted it. Um, and because we asked a few extra questions went, Oh, well, hold on a second. Like this is, this, this could absolutely be a deal for all of us. And so, um, we put together a seller finance deal that is going to give the seller what he wants and give, uh, myself and my business partner, what we're looking for as, as buyers. And, um, you know, the reality is, is, I mean, it's not, it's not like it was that hard of a deal. It's probably one of the, probably more of a layup when it comes to seller finance deals, but it was just the fact that all it took was a couple of extra questions, right? We could have just asked the questions you would ask a normal retail seller, but the reality, yeah. and once you go a step further or two, you went, well, hold on a second. There's another way here. I think you actually said something earlier about when you were first getting started, I was just trying to do a deal. And I think if we can just take that approach to, I'm just trying to do a deal. So that way we're not, not trying to jam a deal a certain way. I'm not trying to take a listing at a certain commission percentage, but to go, Hey, or I'm trying to help a buyer get something at a certain rate or a certain price point, but to go, no, I'm just trying to put together a deal where you have more possibilities in mind, um, the reality is you're going to see a lot more. And I think with people having the interest rates that they have uh, locked in, when you see people with the amount of equity that they have locked in, that's been built up over the last, especially three to five years, um, it creates more opportunities. You said, you said late night. So I, I immediately, my mind went to Carlton sheets. It's that Carlton sheets sort of mindset that if we take that now, whether as an investor or an agent or both, like there's going to be more, more things that we can do and, and bring to consumers as possibilities. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, Good. Cause back, go, go ahead, sir. Uh, I was going to say what I, what I want to talk about a little bit too is prior to stay Frank, I mean, you've, you've been in, in, in around the real estate world for how long now? Like when, when did you actually get started in real estate? Uh, so I bought my first house August 2nd, 2002. Um, and uh, I actually always thought it was August 1st and I hung on to that. And then I actually looked up the deed of that property and it was August 2nd. So that's why I knew that. Uh, I think I got my license uh, around March or April of uh, 2002. So uh, a while. So you've seen, you've seen a lot of different markets, man. And you, is it fair to say you've spent most of your time on the investor side, like, or how, what, what percentage of your time do you think you'd ha- you wore like a, I'll call it a licensees or agent sort of hat versus, hey, I'm looking to uh, create opportunities from an from an investor, whether for yourself or for other investors. Yeah, I mean, v- very little bit as a I would say as a as a retail or a professional real estate uh, agent, um, and not because it's better or worse. It's just. Just I, I just was on a different side of it, but I've worked always in conjunction with real estate agents, whether it's helping having them help source deals for us. Uh, you know, as a developer for seven years, uh, I got I got confused, um, and I thought building houses was a good idea. Um, and man, kudos to those guys that do it well. I'll tell you what, like you know, early on, 
uh, I guess it was probably 2013, early on uh, when I started building, um, I was like, man, this is great. This is fun. You know, we were, we were designing and we we're finding land and we we're, I was learning and I was growing. I just love to learn and grow and, uh, but wasn't very probably efficient at what I was doing. But because we were early on, the margins were, were healthy, where it made up and probably covered up some of that inefficiency. Well, then some, some of the real operators started coming into the market. And I was like, man, I'm not making as much money as I thought I was going to on these deals. And and, and just kind of got to the point where I said, you know, I'm going to let these guys handle this. I don't really love the construction aspect of it. Uh, believe it or not, there are some guys that just love it. They can't get enough of it. God bless them. Um, that's not me. Um, so I kind of went back on investing. But to your original question, um, I, you know, I owned a brokerage for a little while, had about 100 agents. So it's kind of always been on more on the, the investment and maybe entrepreneur side of it. Um, but uh, uh, versus the, the traditional agent, I guess, if you will. So is that how if someone asks just out of curiosity and say you meet someone new and they say, hey, what do you what do you do for what do you do for work? Like, hey, what's, what's your response to that? <laughs> well, uh, depends on my audience, I guess. No, but uh, um, I, I would just always say, like, hey, I've always been, in, I've always been an investor in the in the, in the house game, uh, you know, fix and flips, rentals, um, you know, doing doing different things, doing done some development around that. So I've always just said I'm a residential real estate investor. Um, it's it's probably the the dumbed down version of it. I, awesome. I, but I, I, I'll, I'll tailor make make it a little bit depending on my audience uh, and uh, the environment for sure. Do you, so you're spending. I'm assuming you're spending most of your time uh, like within stay frank. But are there other things that you're that you're doing that you your hands on in the real estate world? Like whether education and sort of coaching other uh, other investors, or is it just kind of strictly staying in that lane right now, looking for opportunities? And I'm I'm always curious as to kind of what what you and other people uh, are sort of, I guess, focused on. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, not doing any coaching or anything like that uh, at the moment. I've done some of that in the past. Um, you know, it's interesting. I, I, when, when we all kind of talk about COVID and when it started and pre and post and during and all this stuff, but for me, I made a decision in the late 2018 um, that I was going to get out of development. And at the time I probably had about 20 to 25 homes under construction, um, and, um, my, my, my debt, my debt service on my development loans was, was almost $200,000 a month. Uh, my, you know, that, and that's an expense, but a balance sheet, you know, expense at the time until the deal closes. But then my overhead, uh, of salaries and office was about $170,000. And so, I don't know, that's close to 400 grand. And I just said, you know, I'm just really not this cool. And, uh, <laughs> it's, and my shoulders, my shoulders hurt and it's heavy. And, uh, so, so I started winding down, uh, our company and when, when COVID hit, I was like, man, I'm a genius. Like my timing couldn't have been better, you know? Um, and then, you know, we all know how that went. The, the, the opposite happened. Right. And, and my buddies were like, dude, you missed it. Like, you know, we're making so much money right now. I was like, listen, awesome. I'm so happy for you. Like, do you see how happy I am right now? And, um, I, I, I when COVID hit, I just, I, I was winding down some things and I just kind of said, you know what, what do I want to do? What do I want to do with my life? And I just wanted to get, I just, the, the sale lease back uh, was always been something that, that was near and dear to me from a transaction. I want to get more on the investment side of things. And so we, we, I started testing some things and just been working on, on building this. Um, I had a, had a business partner, um, bought him out at the, at the end of last year. 
so I've been doing a lot of different things, uh, as most entrepreneurs do, um, trying to figure out exactly what the market changes, what direction to go. Um, so right now, uh, besides being a dad and, and uh, trying to be the best husband I can be and work out every once in a while and watch the Suns not go to the finals, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, just, I'm just grinding, build, building the business right now. But having a lot of fun, uh, a little humility, uh, doing some things I didn't know if I was going to be doing ever again in my career, but that's okay. Uh, I'm, I'm learning and, and, and growing. So yeah, just, just focus on building the business right now. It's awesome. If you had to, uh, set a curiosity, I, I know I'm not going to hold you to anything here. Uh, but if you had a crystal ball, like, what do you, what's your take on, what do you see happening over the next call it 12, 18 months in the, in the market? Um, whether it's something that you're more of like protecting against or just sort of like, Hey, it'd be nice if this happened. Like if you had a, if you had a crystal ball, like what do you, what do you see as, maybe some of the opportunities and, and things that we could see uh, coming up. Yeah. I, I love that question. I love asking that question, by the <laughs> way, a lot more than I like answering that question. So, so I'm going to probably, uh, after I'll answer, I might I'd love to hear uh, anything Fair. you want to share about that too. But um, you know, it's, it, it's funny. I think the older we get and, and, and the longer we've been around, um, I remember early on in my career hearing from mentors that that had been around for a while. It's like, you know, they're like th things always they always cycle and, and, and the cycles are they're they're always a little bit different. Um, you know, things aren't always good and things aren't always bad. And uh, you know, they've been really good. Uh, I mean, I think I think they're really good pre the, the few years leading up to COVID uh, for yeah. the most part. Uh, you know, and, and and then that happened. And look, I I, I'm not a pessimist. Um, I'm an opportunist and I believe I'm a realist as well. Um, I, I think generally speaking, houses, house prices, uh, certainly from a, from a historical trend line, they're, they're probably, uh, they're a little high right now. I, I, you know, I mean, in, in my opinion, and, and I think if, if in, in 12 months, 18 months, if you, if, if we look back and go, Oh, you know, houses uh, dropped 10, 15%. I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised, you know. Now, does that mean that people shouldn't buy houses today? No, that doesn't mean people shouldn't buy houses today. It, but but you know, we, we always want to predict like are houses going up? Are they going down? Well, it's that's interesting to talk about. But but all boils down to is like what do we take action on? And if I'm going to buy a house for my family to live in for five years or seven years or ten years or longer, like who kind of really cares? It's just head head games, right? So I, I think when you talk about the, the the next 12 months, 18 months, I think you're going to have some people that are going to need to sell. I think there's going to be some opportunities. I think people are, are, have, we, we lived off the flow. We lived off the come. We, you know, we felt good that our, our, our Robinhood accounts were going up and we felt good because our home values were going up and on paper, we felt really good. Well, you know, when, when things change and, and, and the, the, the money starts to, to get a little tighter and a rabbit account goes down and maybe our house is worth a little bit less than we thought and some things are changing, all of a sudden people start to, to, to make some different decisions. So I, I believe there's going to be opportunities to, to buy. Um, you know, there's, there's no, like in 2005 and six, I was buying foreclosures, right? So that was an incredible market, but there's always opportunities in any market. So I, I think we should be, uh, I think th things tend to take longer than we think they're going to. 
Um, so, you know, I, I, I'd recommend like, don't try and be a hero right now. Like get lean, uh, be smart, um, be very calculated in what you're doing. Um, you know, it, it, it might take some things, it might take longer than we think to kind of, for things to shake out here, but it's, it's like, usually I feel like I've said, Hey, I feel, I feel pretty clear about the next couple of years. I feel, I feel that's different this time. I feel like, Hey, if three years or four years or five years, I feel great. I feel, I, I love Phoenix. I love this market, real fundamentals here. Awesome stuff happening. But I think the next two years is going it, to, it's going to be a little, little bumpy at times, you know, and, and we're going to see pockets uh, of, of smooth sailing and, and kind of like we, we've seen a little bit of a boost here recently, but I, but I also think that um, I'm starting to see some softening in some areas too, which just creates some opportunity. So I don't know if that was a bad or a good non-answer or not, but um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm less clear about the near term and, and becoming more clear about the long term. Maybe that's just because I'm getting older, um, but that seems to be uh, it, you know, the sentiment that if you can hold out and you can manage through, like ideally it's going to be, or, or it's going to be ultimately fine, but it might be a little bumpy the next 12 to 18 months. Yeah. You know, I think you're right on it. I think it's uh, I think we're taking a longer view on things, which uh, and I agree. I don't know, man, maybe, maybe it's age, I, but I I'm kind of in the same, same boat where the longer view I feel really good about, you know, and going, yeah, we, I can wait five, six, seven years, whatever it is, or, or I feel this way about the market three to five years from now, um, shorter, shorter term, uh, definitely a lot more questionable, no, no doubt about it. Um, and I, I think it's, I think no matter what though, whether, whether you were dead on, on what you were saying or, or, or you were completely wrong, but by the way, I'm, I won't play this back. So I promise not to, not to hold you to it. I think the, the overwhelming theme though, that, that I hear is there's going to be opportunity regardless, right? There always is in real estate. Like you said, yeah. if you're buying a foreclosure in 2005, like nobody would, if you told somebody that at the beginning of 2005, nobody would even believe you that you could do right. that. So like, there's, there's always opportunity to market um, and I think because it is such a unique time where demand has been low, but also supply has been really low, like those don't usually happen at the same time. Um, and then we've got this thing like these super low interest rates that people are locked into and higher interest rates. Now, if you want to go by, I just think that creates more opportunity for creative solutions for, for using that. I referred to Carlton sheets earlier, using those Carlton sheets, a creative type of um, creative type of solutions to help people move. Because to your point, people got to buy and sell. Like you said, doesn't mean just because even if you think for sure the market's going down, you still might have to buy a home or you still might have yeah. to, so people have job changes, you know, or life changes. People got to upsize, people downsize, the divorce happens, job transfers, all that stuff. Like there's always going to be a certain amount of real estate sold. And so it's about, I think it's about finding the opportunity sort of that exists with it within those um, constraints of, of the market. And if you do that, if you take that approach that you, that you mentioned at the beginning of this uh, recording, just try to do a deal, like literally find a way to make something happen. Um, you're going to be okay. Like it doesn't yeah. really matter what the market's doing. Yeah. I, I think to, to your point too, like, like we always want to talk about like kind of more from a macro economics or macro market standpoint. It's like, 
I don't know how many people are really operate in the macro uh, from the standpoint of deploying you know, having a billion dollar fund or, you know, they're a public home builder, but like, I mean, we're just trying to, we're trying to do deals, right. And every deal has its own economy, right. You know, the seller's got their own fiscal situation and a buyer. And so it, it's, I think it can be very dangerous, you know, trying to either advise or give advice on macro because it's just, it, it, it's it's more um, it's more every deal is specific, right? So and I and you know I'll talk to to some of my friends who are very successful agents are like, oh Derek, you know people aren't going to sell because their interest rates three percent. Oh really? Well, guess what? When that guy gets divorced, dating the new girl, she might not want to live in the house anymore, and she doesn't give a crap what that interest rate is. She's going to want to own house with him, you know. And, and again, just getting very real, right? I mean. Bad things happen, unfortunately. Great, good things happen, right? So, I mean, and I think we all tend to warm up to things. So, you know, we get the shock and, yeah. oh my gosh, like my first house I bought, 2002, 8.5% interest rate. And I was pumped and stoked. You know why? Because it's the only one I could get. So it's like, why, why does anyone do anything? Because they have to, or they want to. That's it, right? So, you know, I think that is ultimately what's going to happen is that people are going to go, hey, I'm going to go buy a new house because whatever reasons driving that and, and, and they're going to warm up to that, that 7% rate or six and a half rate or what, whatever it is. Right. And maybe the seller is going to warm up to like, yeah, maybe my house is worth a little bit less, but goodness gracious, I bought it for, you know, 500 grand and I'm selling it for 800 grand. This is, this is still pretty, a pretty good win here. So I just think we're all human creatures and we're emotional. And so in time we warm up to those things. So that, that whole macro, uh, people aren't going to sell because of uh, interest rates. Like, yeah, life happens. You said it, and and we can't we can't forget that. You know, we can't forget that. So it's going to create transactions. Um, and and it's the one that the supply and demand thing too. It's like, yeah, that's great, but at the end of the day, there might not be a whole lot of supply. But if the people who who need the supply can't afford it because of rates, it's going to affect pricing. Not everyone is going to come from California with a pile of cash and buy every single house, even though it's happening a lot. Not everyone, not all of them. So anyway, those are my two two things about that. No, I, th- I think those are great points, man. Um, as we start to wind down real quick, uh, what's, if anybody wants to learn, wh- whether an agent or somewhere in public, like where do people go to find out, kind of learn more about Stay Frank and, and what you guys are doing there? Yeah, so it's just stayfrank.com. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, they can find me on LinkedIn as well, too, uh, and message me. Um, I love real estate. Um, I love finance. I love markets. Uh, happy to chat with, with anyone if, if they think there's some value add uh, might be able to bring to them or they're, or they're, they're curious about something that uh, we're doing that, that relates to their business. So uh, I'm an open book. Uh, you know, don't ask me anything you don't want to know because I will tell you. I uh, will answer it. Uh, I actually, I recently realized uh, that through an astrology reading, by the way, um, that my uh, one of my soul's purpose is to trigger people, oddly enough. Um, and uh, I was told that, like, Derek, uh, you are one of the reasons you're here uh, in this, this cycle here is that uh, there's people that need to hear things they don't want to hear. And uh, your purpose is to help them hear that. So um, I did tell my wife that. Uh, How'd she sure take she that? It was as funny as I did. Yeah, <laughs> you know, um, uh, she didn't actually. I don't think she heard it. So that's okay. 
that's good. Um, but yeah, so stayfrank.com or, or on LinkedIn. And uh, listen, I, I love working with agents, um, both uh, to be a tool in their tool belt uh, as they go on listing appointments. It's like, hey, what if you could sell this house and, and, and cash out some of your equity and not have to, to actually move today and, and move more on your terms? So uh, we're working with agents in, in lots of different markets, not just Phoenix um uh for that and then on the investment side too if, if they have some investors looking to buy um some uh some rental properties and, and gain some yield these sale these backs uh we're getting ready to raise our first fund a small little fund um but uh th there's some pretty incredible returns when when structured right so yeah happy to talk to, to anyone that that thinks it might be a fit to, to chat Awesome, man. Well, uh, Derek, I know you're busy, dude. I appreciate you taking the time out today to to talk with me a little bit about the market and and stay frank and and just real estate in general, dude. I, I appreciate it and just want to say thank you. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. I appreciate the time as well, too. I, I love love chatting about it. So it's always good to be here with you and uh, share what's going on. So thank you. Right on. All right. Well, listeners, we will, uh, that's it for today's show. We will see you, uh, next week and, uh, hope you enjoy this. I know I did, and we'll drop all those links and whatnot in the, in the show notes for you. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. If you're looking for even more valuable content and resources to help you grow your business, then we invite you to join our community, Next Level Agents at eXp Realty. By joining us, you'll gain access to exclusive benefits like live trainings, events, masterminds, weekly Zooms, digital downloads, and so much more, all designed to help you grow your business. To learn more and become a part of our community, simply visit kevinandfred.com forward slash contact and get in touch with us today. Of course, if you're not quite ready to take the plunge and join our community, that's no problem at all. You can still access all of our great content for free right here on this podcast. And again, we thank you for listening. We look forward to continuing to bring you valuable insights and more advice in the future.